Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bollet, as always, for the most wonderful time of the year as a hockey fan. Free agency gets underway today, July 1st, and it started kind of slow. It did not help that Twitter broke off the get-go on purpose, so thanks for that, Twitter. On the most important hockey day of the year that you need Twitter for, everything breaks. Awesome. But outside of that, the Avs... Made a couple of moves today. They're bringing in some good free agents. They've brought back Bo Byram. We don't have to worry about that. Miles Wood, six years, two and a half. We'll talk about that. Jonathan Drouin, like we talked about for a while, one year, 825000 Cogliano, exact same thing. Busy day, didn't start that way, but they're not quite done. They aren't quite done, and... I love how we both hyped up the draft and <laughs> free agency for the Avs. And it was probably the most quiet period we've seen. Like, it was just, it wasn't quiet. It was just normal. Like, it, it wasn't anything crazy. Like you said, Twitter being broken was really just the worst on today, especially because we were both looking for um, a lot of news quickly. And I knew Twitter was broken because every tweet you were sending me, I actually had to physically click on the link to go to the tweet. And yeah, then I'd get yelled at that the rate limit was exceeded. And I was just like, what the fuck's going on here, man? Like, this is this is where it sucks because Twitter is a dying social media thing. But, like, me and you love Twitter. Like, but Twitter is our jam. This, this is the one day of the year where you inarguably need it. Like, you can get away with not having Twitter any other day. This is the one time where it's like everything is happening on Twitter exclusively first. Yeah. And the only way you could get information today was to turn on tweet notifications. Otherwise, you can't see shit because some genius thought it was a great idea because there's a couple of bots to nuke the entire site. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, But back to the free agency, because me and you could ramp about Twitter for fucking hours. I'm pissed. Yeah, Griffin doesn't get angry very often, but I could tell over Twitter or over Twitter, over text today, he was super fucking annoyed. And I was like, just just any other day, (laughs) literally any other day, I wouldn't care. This is the one day of the year that you need this. Yeah, but not like. Oh my God, I'm actually so mad. So I know, I know. Let's move on before we ramble any longer about it. Um, let's start with the big news, uh, the Bo Byram signing. That one was one we had been waiting for. You had put a you put a thought in my mind after you texted me that he had signed that I hadn't even thought about, about him, Byron potentially getting offer sheeted. And I was like, Jesus, I hadn't even thought about that possibility. But they get Byron for two years, 3.85 million. A little bit less than I was expecting, honestly. It's just a little more than I was expecting, honestly. But now that you factor in the offer sheet, 
then that makes a lot more sense. I don't I don't know how we didn't even consider that. I think I just forgot offer sheets existed. Yeah, so did I. I definitely did. I was like, no way anyone offer sheets someone. It's like, oh, wait, they definitely could have. Yeah, well, I was thinking he was going to get more like $4 million. That's really what I thought he was going to get. I was, so, see, because I completely factored out offer sheets. So I was thinking like three, three and a half. But it's not like we're talking 300000 Like for yeah, Bo yeah. Byram, I don't care. But it wasn't until Saravalli said that the Avs were preparing for one. I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally true. I totally yep. forgot they have to do that. And would there have ever been a more perfect offer sheet candidate than Bo Byram? Right. Like, because it would have made so much sense for a team to just hop in there and be like, hey, here's a seven-year contract at $7 million, which the either the Avs have to sign and screw themselves or lose them. Would yeah. have been, it would have been a fantastic move for another team to make. So I'm glad we got this done with. Yeah, we got done with, but yeah, 3.85, I think is pretty fair for what Bo Byram's going to do. I would not be surprised if after this year, going into next year, that that 3.85 is a bargain of a deal. Yeah. Right? It, it's it's going to age well for the abs, and I think Byram sets himself up well to have a good couple years. Go back. He'd still be an RFA, right? Yeah, he'll still be after an this? RFA. Yeah. So, I mean, I imagine he, I mean, we might get through this season and he's extended for his big contract at the end right. of if he plays a full 82 game season, I can definitely see McFarland and Sacking being like, yeah, I don't want to give him two straight years of production before we bring him into the contract. Yeah. Sign him long-term July 1st next year. Yeah. But it was exactly what I think everyone had predicted. It was going to be a bridge deal. This was not going to be a long-term deal. And you lock up a good young defenseman for a reasonable cap hit who is probably going to exceed that cap hit probably after this year. I'd say so, exceed it this year. 100%. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like after this year, yeah, he's yeah. going to be exceeding it. So he, he's a great player. I think all of abs fans just want to see him actually play a full 82 game season. Maybe not even 82, just play 70. Yeah. Just play 70. Bro. I'm close. Yeah. That's, that's all. I mean, you're going to miss games. You're going to get sick. You're going to take a puck to the right and whatever play 70, you know, it's going to happen. I, if the abs can do that, that's probably just a good sign of things to come for this team. Cause if Byram's staying healthy, then with his, who knows what else could happen. Don't try and jinx it right here. I'm not going to say anything, but I love the signing anywhere between three to four on a two year contract, I think is more than fair for his ability, but also the inability to stay healthy, even if it's not his fault for the last little bit, I think that matters a lot. And this is a contract that's going to be fair for both sides. And when those two years are up, that boy is going to get his cash. Yes, he's going to get paid big time. And hopefully with the salary cap increasing, that will be more and more likely. But it's it's good to have that problem solved. We don't have to worry about that for the whole summer. That's one of the problems we had highlighted that we just don't have to worry about anymore. And we're officially on Devon Taves extension watch for the next couple months. I highly doubt anything's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, maybe in the couple of weeks, once the rest of this roster gets filled out and you can start talking about it, I would be shocked if anything yeah. comes anytime soon on Devontae's. I don't want to yeah. spend too much time on that today. No, but yeah, I was just about to say, because we're going to talk about it all fucking summer. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. But honestly, love the signing for Bo. Love it for the Avs. I think it's a good deal. And we can move on. Uh, the, the big one that I think is head-scratching to some people I'm still trying to get behind it. Miles Wood, six years, 2.5. Um, I'm fine with the cap hit, but six years for a guy is a lot for a third or fourth liner. Yeah, this one was definitely a bit of a head scratcher, mainly because it was also the 
like the first contract of the day that went beyond like four years. Right. This was a very weird day in terms of low term on free agency. So I think it was also a bit of like shell shock, like six years. And Miles Wood, I mean, there are worse players you could give six years to. He's 28, I believe. So he's not super young. Or is he, I think he's 27, actually. So, 27, I think, is where, yeah. you, where he's at. And when this was first announced, I was like, okay, he's probably going to come in around two and a half. So I don't know what would have made me more unhappy, a higher cap hit or a longer term. I think he's a fine player. I think we're going to like him here. I think he's going to fit in fine and probably better than he did in his last couple of years in New Jersey. It reminds me of when it reminds me of how I feel when the Capitals signed Garnet Hathaway a couple of years ago, they signed him to four years. And I was like, really for a bottom six guy. And it turns out we probably should have signed him for longer for the hit we had him for. I think he's going to fit in fine, but I mean, there's a lot that can happen in the six years for a guy that you you don't know about yet. It's the kind of one where it's, I can see this working, but for your sake, I I would hope so because you can, he's going to be here a while. Yeah, and I mean, I just did it on cap friendly. His buyout's only eight hundred thirty three thousand, so even if it goes south, it's it's not a huge cap hit to eat. Honestly, like if if you're three years into this and it's just bad, you can move that. I don't even think you'd need to buy it out all that much. I mean, for two and a half. It's I don't want to say it's negligible, but it kind of feels that way a little bit. And especially as you mentioned with Bo, the cap's probably going to go up three million dollars next summer. And the right. got to potentially going up maybe four or five the year after. As this contract goes on, it's going to get more and more insignificant. And there's also the chance that Miles Wood could just be like a great bottom six staple and could really work on this team. Sackick said he wanted more grit on this team and there's two things that miles wood does really well he can skate and he can be a pest other things we'll see but those two things he does really well yeah and that's really the key for the abs is if you can skate um so we'll we'll have to see it's going to be interesting it's definitely probably the biggest risk the abs have taken so far in the offseason i think it's one of the biggest risks they've taken in a minute i mean i can't really think of another one where you're like oof Outside of like a proven commodity. Uh, I, I think you could go back like that. The Val contract was a risk. It was, it's... but you just want a Stanley Cup with him. Right. Massive contributor. Miles Wood, you have straight up no idea. Yeah, that's fair. But it, it's it's going to be the biggest risk. It could be a huge reward. It, it could be. But six years is a long contract, man. <laughs> that's a very long long contract i mean the the thing is is like the biggest knock on miles wood is um i don't know how to put this nicely he doesn't play very smart he takes a lot of penalties and he makes a lot of mistakes if you can find a way to iron some of that out i think this can work out fine he fits the bill of what sackick was gonna what he hinted at they were going to do which was add a little bit of a grit into their bottom six he definitely fits that but if he's just going to sit in the box the entire game, it's it's going to be a problem. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of time to work out growing pains. He's going to be here a while. So, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I'm fine with it. Six years is definitely a risk. I like the player. I like how his positives fit into this team, but there are things that are going to have to be worked on for him to really work here. Yeah, I mean, he had 27 points last year. Yeah, I mean, he he's going to be a guy that probably puts in 15 goals for you this season, probably somewhere in 
that area. He's not terrible defensively. He's not amazing defensively. He's a depth player. And he's yeah. going to have, I think there are going to be some games where I'm pulling out what remains of my hair with him. There's also going to be some games where I really appreciate having him. Yeah. I mean, 76 penalty minutes last year is, is, is uh, he had a minute of penalties for every game he played. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure some of those were fighting majors. I'm Probably. sure I'm, I would have to look it up. I'm sure there was a couple misconducts thrown in there too. Yeah. He's going to have to smarten up a little bit, but also not compromise how he plays. How do you find that balance? I think, Early in his tenure, there might be a, a few growing pains. Oh, there will be. There will be. I, I'm fully prepared for that. Like it, it's going to be, he's going to take some stupid offensive zone penalty, and I'm gonna be like, why the we have six more years of this fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're we're going to we be go. circling the puck around, and he's going to be like cross checking someone on the boards. You're like Miles. Yeah, you're killing me, bro. Killing me, man. <laughs> you're killing me. But it's. It's it's the riskiest move, but it also could pay dividends in the future. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of move where it's exactly like you said. We could be looking at this three years from now. And you're like, wow, what a bargain. That guy just put up 18 goals for us this season, yeah. 40 points. Because, I mean, he's not young at 27, but I think early in his career in New Jersey, I think they expected a little more from him. And he just kind of stagnated in that bottom six for a while i think there can still be something more with him 30 points 35 points is like if he that, hits that's max if that's he hits max 40 points i would do a backflip 30 35 points i think is a realistic realistically high expectation yeah i'd agree i'm expecting him in like the 25 to 30 range points wise and then like 14 or 15 goals because yeah. like, if you look at his career stats that's right right where he is his career high in goals is i'm quickly looking he had 19 back in 2017 2018 yeah like his, so, his second full season in the nhl he had 19 goals and he had 10 11 17 he was hurt all two years ago he only played three games and last year he had 13 goals 14 assists 27 points you know and you also factor in too is if Gabe Landeskog fully recovers and come back, comes back next season fully healthy, all of a sudden you can still keep Miles Wood on your third line and keep yourself some some good solid depth. Yeah, it, 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 we'll see what happens with it, but I th- yeah, I th- that, that was definitely it was a head scratcher when yeah. you sent me that tweet. I think generally the best way to handle Miles Wood is if he's playing in the top six, he's either playing really well or there's something really wrong because yeah. I think depth-wise, that's probably not what you want. You probably, for most of his tenure, want him pretty stapled to that third line. Third or fourth line, he'd be great. The only thing that kind of bumps me out, he's not a great penalty killer. So that... He's in the box, generally. So Yeah, I mean... But a lot we'll, of time to practice. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But it, it's, it was an interesting move, to say the least. Um, but we'll wait and see. Trust, trust Chris, trust Chris McFarland and trust Joe Sackick. If I can get those words out of my mouth. Um, but any other final thoughts on miles wood before we move on to the other signing? I mean, it's like I said, also it's six years. Sounds like a lot now as the cap starts to go up. And also if his play starts to decline towards the end of that contract, we've seen teams dump worse contracts right. really. And a buyout, like, it's not your first choice, but we're talking like three, four years in the future. The guy is still 27. He's going to be productive for you for a while. I don't think there's a lot of top six upside, but you know that I don't think that's why you're signing him. Right. I completely agree. But let's move on to the next signing, one that has been rumored for a while. And one that I 
I think is a low risk, high reward type of move. Uh, and that that's the ab signing Jonathan Duran to a one year, 850,000 or 825, 825, 825. I like this move. It's, it's like I said, it's low risk, high reward. If he sucks, it, you, it, you're not committed to him long-term. And if he's good, if he can get back to the Duran we saw in like the early years in Montreal, you could have a stud. Yeah, I mean, it's one that I think most of us saw coming. If I'm able to see it coming, then it's pretty obvious yeah. most people did. The re- the reuniting with him and Nathan McKinnon is definitely a big part of why this happened. I mean, McFarland said that McKinnon was basically an honorary scout when it came to this signing. It seemed like a no-brainer that this was going to happen. And Drew Ann is one of those guys that you look for with value. This could be a huge value signing. His tenure in Montreal was not good. There was a lot of mental health problems, a lot of ice time problems, a lot of conflicts there. I think there was a lot of baggage. And you get him out of there, you bring him in somewhere fresh where he has a great friend like Nathan McKinnon, a team that has been proven to get the most out of people and turn their careers around most of the time. I think you can unlock something with him. And at 825000 for one year, it's a low-risk signing. This is not Galchenyuk. This is yeah. this is a guy who at least can stick in the NHL in worst-case scenario and I think has battled and beaten a lot of his demons from the past and is ready to really start in an NHL lineup. Now, I'm a little worried about, like, it seems like the tentative plan is to play him second line left wing. I don't, I'm not 100% sold on that yet. I think he's still unproven, but it could work for now. I, I'd prefer something a little more sure thing for that, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realize like looking at his stats for last year. I mean, he's had 29 points in 58 games, not, not the greatest, but it was his highest point total since fucking 2018, 2019. So he's a great playmaker at the end of the day, no matter what you think of him, the guy is a fantastic playmaker, not a great goal scorer, but he can dish the puck. Yeah, I mean it it's it's really going to be interesting. I completely agree with you. If if we're slotting him into the second line left wing already, I I I don't know how I feel about that, but it's I I think he could be like a ver- like a slightly worse version of what Ryan Nugent Hopkins was last year where it's just a a power play merchant just scoring points on the power play and you look at it and it's like he'll have like 45 points and 40 of them will be on the power play. Yeah. But th- that's kind of what I see his role be with the team. Yeah. It ca- it could be a kind of thing where it's like this team needs offense for tonight. Just throw him up there with McKinnon and Ranton and yeah. just make sure he's constantly getting them the puck kind of thing. And you can bump Lekkanen down to the second line. It seems like the plan is probably going to be just keep moving him up and down the lineup for yeah. the most part. And he, he can play center. It's not an option that he can't play center. Maybe some nights you can move Colton to the wing and then move Duran to the center on the third line kind of thing. It gives you options, which is definitely something that I like. Yeah, it gives you options. And I don't know. I mean, he was drafted, what, third overall, fourth overall? I think it was third overall in 2013. I mean, we love players from that draft for sure. Yeah, we do. It's crazy. I thought he was like fucking way older than that for some reason. It, It just seems like he's way older than he is. But there is skill there. And I, I think he's going to be a solid acquisition. And like I said, for 800 and 
50,000, that's not, you're really taking no risk at all. Yeah. I mean, 825,000, it's the same. Oh, I keep going 850. Yeah. I keep trying to give him 25 grand more. That's no, okay. Maybe, maybe he'll deserve it after yeah, this. Season. Who knows? The thing with Druan is for him to really succeed here, he is going to have to drastically improve defensively. Yeah. He is a nightmare defensively and has been in Montreal for a while. He can dish the puck all day, but as long as it's going to the right team, that's fine. In his own zone, he's really going to have to improve, especially if the plan is to play him in the top six and play him with McKinnon. He's going to need a lot of work this offseason in his own zone, taking away pucks and making smarter plays generally. Well, and I mean, I, th I think it will help playing on a contender. Uh, that, that should be a little bit of motivation. And maybe McKinnon can bring out the best of him where it's like, hey, bro, either get on board or get off. Like there's really no... There's no, if I'm going to back check, you're going to fucking back check. Like we're all in this together. So that does worry me a little bit, but also I think coming into the AV system with Bednar, this is probably the most stable organization he's been a part of since Tampa. Yeah. Montreal has been a mess for a long time. I know they have a Stanley cup final run in there. That was one in a million that right. that team ended up going to a Stanley cup final. And I don't think he was, did he play? No, he didn't. Playoff? I, I think he was in the, the player assistance program at I that point. He, I think he was just taking time. I don't know if he was in player assistance. I think he might've just been like taking time away from the team or whatnot for his own personal reasons. I don't remember the exact scenario, so I'm not going to say yeah. that is what happened, but it was something along those lines. And like I said, there's been a lot of baggage in Montreal for a long time you would be stunned the differences it makes just to go somewhere else sometime, get a fresh start, a new set of players, a new set of teammates, a new set of fans, a new set of media. Sometimes that can do wonders for a guy. And also you look at him in the goal scoring department, it hasn't been good. He's also, when you really dig into it, been really unlucky. And if he can get that goal scoring turned around, that would be a big help, but you're bringing him in because he's very good at dishing the puck. Right. And, We'll see. I, I, I really like the signing. I, I, it's grown on me more. Uh, the more I've like dove into it. I, I just think it's, it, it's a, it's a safe move that could net you very high returns. Yeah. I mean, it's a low risk in terms of money, but the way they're kind of planning to play him right now, there definitely is some risk if it doesn't work out. Cause then you're probably bumping him down to the bottom six and then you got to, as it stands right now, you might still need a second line left wing, either in this free agency or at the trade deadline. I mean, it's going to have to be a trade. There's no one left in free agency, dude. <laughs> Not that we, none that we can afford. Right. But we'll see. I, I don't hate the signing. I, I think it's perfectly adequate. What would Thomas Tatar cost? Thomas Tatar. Probably. No more than three million. You would think. I mean, Tatar's still available. Pertuzzi's still available. I think that's out of our price range, though. But then we're immediately after that going to like Zach Parisi for guys on the left wing. I think those are the only options left in free agency that you could throw on the left. Yeah. Wing. To be honest, did... I, I'm just throwing it out there because that was the only name that was really anything to me. Did Tatar, did Tatar play for Montreal last year? I did this exact thing yesterday. I forgot he was on the Devils. 
Oh shit, he was on the Devils. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, because so, remember I mean, we talked last off season and we were like Thomas Tatarbin and he signed with the Devils. God damn, I totally forgot about that. That's ex- that's exactly what I mean. Is like maybe that's not a great ringing endorsement where I don't I don't even remember where the guy played last year. <laughs> but he scored twenty goals. I mean, good for him. Yeah, he could he could be a good option. Yeah, jeez, I mean, man, I, he, I I watched a lot of Devils game. How do I forget he played for the fucking Devils last year? He played all eighty two games. He had twenty goals and forty eight points. Only one in the playoffs. It was a minus seven, but I don't think I don't think you want to talk about that all that much. I wouldn't actually hate that. Yeah, Thomas it depends on the price. It yeah. depends on the price. But it's also on left wing. If you are playing Druan there, there's not a lot of room left. Because that's Lekin and Druan Wood, and we brought back Cogliano, which we'll talk about in a moment. But if that is the plan for Druan, then you're probably okay on the left wing for now. But again, I don't love it. It's going to be one of those moves where I think it's going to be a lot like Miles Wood. Like, there's going to be nights where Jonathan Duran, you're like, yeah, this guy's for sure a top six NHL forward. And then there's going to be nights where, like, why is this dude in the NHL? He should be in the AHL. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can move him or Wood to the right wing some nights. And I don't know. I think this is still an incomplete process. There are still things I think that they need to do before they can call it a day and march this team into October. Agreed. But let's let's move on to the next one. You already hinted kind of with Andrew Cogliano. This one came, what, minutes before we started recording? Yeah, it, you know, like we're, we're doing our usual thing. We're, we're lollygagging in the, the pre-show. And right when I'm about to hit record, for the first time in, in show history, news breaks before we record. Yeah. And Cogliano is coming back to the Avalanche at 825, same deal as Jonathan Drouin, for one year, which I have no problems with, especially with Landis Gog not being here. And Eric Johnson going to Buffalo at well, over $3 million. Yeah, I... Let's save that one because I want to talk about that yeah. later because that is – I have some thoughts on that. Like, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it still ties into my point. No Landis Gog, no EJ. I don't think you could let Cogliano go, especially if that's the price. You need to bring back some of the leadership. Well, and you need some penalty penalty killing help, and that's yeah. what he's going to offer. And he's going to play every game unless he literally breaks his fucking neck. He's going to play every game. So I like the move. It's a lot cheaper than last year when they re-signed him. So that's a win in my books. And yeah, he's a year older, but I don't think there was any point during the year where you were like, oh, Cogliano's lost a step. Like it wasn't that. It was just the dude literally like would catch ruts in the ice and go face first into the boards like every other game. The fact he's playing this season is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like He's a dude. bionic man. Like he has to be. He he suffered like five career-ending injuries last he did. year and it's missed crazy. like five games. My favorite one was the one against Tampa when uh, was it Belmar who went knee to knee with him? I thought it was Ian Cole. It might have been Ian Cole. I knew it was a former Av. He went knee to knee and like, oh, Cogwell jump for the year. He was back out and like he came minutes. back the same period. He was back yeah. five minutes later. Like the one time he actually got hurt was against Winnipeg at the end of the year where he yeah. did like that full somersault into the boards. He hit a rut in the ice. No one even yeah. touched him. Yeah. They came back like halfway through the Seattle series. They broke his neck. Like yeah. he's still fine. Guy's totally fine. Ridiculous. The guy's ridiculous. Yeah. So it, it's good to have Cogliano back. We know what we're getting. He hasn't lost a step. Like he'll be solid. This is just a really good fourth line addition. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's really not much to say about this. We all know Cogliano. He's yeah. a good player. He's going to be good for the team. 
the he's very appreciated in the locker room and he it was a point last year where he was one of the leaders on the team and even strength goal scoring like yeah that, he was remember that was ass, thing man. that was happening where he had like he only scored 10 goals on the season i think like all of them were at even strength. And there was a yep. point last year when everyone was hurt where no one could score at even strength except for Andrew Cagliano. <laughs> Him and Newhook were like the only ones. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like Rantanen had like a million. Yep. It was Newhook and then Cagliano and like everyone else had like four. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Last year was such a shit show, dude. <laughs> like I'm, ex- I'm excited for this year just because of the fact it's not going to be last year. Anymore. Yeah, la- last year the only thing that made me get through it was just the fact that I kept looking at like the all the Stanley Cup championship merch I had because last year was fucking hell. Yeah, that was a some like I'm still amazed we won the Central last year. Like we were gonna we look back at this year as it like it was nothing but pain and suffering and we limped into the playoffs and lost we won the division and were a goal away from winning a game seven and who knows what how that series would have gone against dallas probably badly but i I say who knows as if we don't know but yeah yeah we would have gotten our shit kicked in but it's okay We'll, we'll move on what other signings happened griffin that we need to I mean, talk about for the avalanche. I mean, a couple of minutes ago, they came through with a couple more depth signings. We were bringing back Chris Wagner, who was here for a little bit, a couple of years ago. Uh, Riley Tuft is coming back as well. Arvid Holm. He's a goalie. That's probably going to spend most of the year with the Eagles. Jack Akan is another guy who's going to stick around with the Eagles a little bit. Corey Schneumann. And depth signings, like guys who are going to play with the Eagles this year. I like them. I think there's a potential that some of these guys could see a few games for the Avalanche this year. Like they're most of them are younger ish signings. Akon's 26, Riley Tuft is 25, former first round pick of the Dallas Stars in 2016, a 21st overall pick who's just not for some reason able, been able to put it together. Arvid Holmes, interesting. He's 24 as a goalie. And for some reason was a UFA despite being a 9-11 for the Manitoba Moose last year in the AHL. I mean, I don't want to say anything because I don't know anything about this guy. But there could be something there with that. I mean, you never know. But even if there's not, at the end of the day, it's another good goalie option for the Eagles. It's just those are good depth signings. And the Eagles actually look like they're a full team for once again. Yeah, they look like they're (laughs) they're putting something together. I mean, they suffered just as much at the abs. Yeah. And they still made the playoffs and won a playoff round. So that's crazy. Good for them. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I like some of these depth signs. I mean, Chris Wagner could be a guy that sneaks up into the lineup every now and again. And I mean, I was surprised. There was a lot of people like, oh, Chris Wagner's back. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. here for a little while. I couldn't even remember who he was. I got him confused with another Wagner that was on the AHL. I thought he played for the Eagles. So shows you how much I paid attention to that. But uh it was like yeah, just some just some good depth signings, and there's going to be more that trickle in over the next couple of days. Uh, there is still a lot of needs for the Abs. They're going to have to figure that out as we go over these next couple of days. They're not. Um, they lost a lot in this first day of free agency, which we knew was going to happen. Yeah. We knew they were going to lose a lot. You already hinted at Eric Johnson got three point two five million for one year in Buffalo. And all I can say about that is, fuck yeah, Eric Johnson, go get your money. Yeah, I can see where maybe the divide came between yeah. Johnson and management that maybe led to him not coming back. 
I mean, is that not what we said when it was announced he was not coming back? It's like, it has to be a crazy amount of money yeah. for him to, for them to not be able to, to bridge that gap. It's Eric Johnson. He's been here for 3.25. Okay. You know, I can maybe see where there might have been a little bit of a schism. Because what were we saying? Like one million would be the highest we'd go for him at the start of the off season. I had him at nine hundred thousand to yeah. to play sixty minutes. I can maybe see why that wouldn't work for him. It it is a awesome deal for Eric Johnson, and I'm glad he went to a team that both you and I can cheer for and not feel any shame about it. Love the Sabers. Yeah, stop. I love the Sabers. I'm so glad he went there. I'm so glad like he got more than half of his last contract, I which is crazy. Any, I didn't think he'd come anywhere close to that. Good for you, big man. Go Good for your agent, cash. bro. Yeah. Like that is awesome. Like it is. It's an overpay. We can agree on that. It's a drastic overpay. But then you look at some of the other older defensemen like fucking Luke Shin got like 3.5. Yeah. Connor Clifton got 3.3 from the Sabres for three years. Yeah. Like the defensemen. Like the older ones got paid. They got paid big time. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it it's good for Eric Johnson. I think he's going to fit him really well on the Sabres. Uh, it's, it's what I talked about with the Ducks as a possibility. Yeah. They have a young defense with Darlene and Owen Power, and they're looking to help them out. They're bringing in an excellent mentor in Eric Johnson. And also, like, Mateus Samuelson gets lost in the mix for the Sabres as well. I mean, half of their defense. And you can put Yoki Haru in that mix there, I guess. That's very young. That's and they have Labushkin still, right, too? He might be getting pushed out. Is he a upcoming UFA? No, he has thought, one more year left. Yeah, Labushkin, I thought he signed two years. Labushkin's 29. I wouldn't classify him yeah. anymore. But that's the kind of defense where it's like you actually probably do need a, a veteran presence like yeah. Eric Johnson, who has won a Stanley Cup, been around the league, one of the amazing leaders in Colorado. Even if his on-ice results aren't great, I think the long-term impacts of him being in Buffalo are going to be fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's going to be – I'm excited for him. I, I think it's going to be a really, really good spot for him to land. And the Sabres are so much fun to watch, and it just gives me another reason to watch. And I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah, I think it's great for him. I mean, it's a lot of money that I, I can see why the Avalanche were maybe like, yeah, thanks for your service, Eric. Yeah, it's it. I don't think it's a bad thing. I no, mean, not we'll, at all. We'll face him. We'll face him in the first month. He, we play him on Sunday at Buffalo, Sunday, October 29th, eleven a.m. start time. That won't be weird. Nope, not at all. I mean, his his return to Colorado is going to be thunderous. Yeah, and that will be on December thirteenth, a Wednesday. It's a nationally televised game on TNT. Sweet, sounds like so. I was a sick part of me was kind of hoping we played them later in the season so that his 1000th game could be at ball arena, but I I, that's not going to happen. I don't think we could be that lucky. No, we aren't. We aren't. Cause he had to play what we say, like 78 games to get there. I think it was 80. Was it 80? Yeah. I knew it was in the high seventies or low eighties. So yeah. like, this is the thing we talked about with Eric Johnson is like, if we signed him, we weren't even sure he would play half the year considering right. Do we really want EJ to be number six and play every single game? Can he do that? The Sabres think so. And they paid him that kind of money. So yeah, they did. it works out. What are your thoughts? Like, I just had this thought come up. Is Eric Johnson done enough in Colorado to have his jersey retired? I think you have to be like the best at your position on the team for a sustained amount of time to have your jersey retired. I mean, you don't need to have your jersey retired to be appreciated. Yeah, he's he's in my opinion the hall of very good Colorado yeah. Avalanche players. 
Yeah. It's like if you are one of the best at your position for a long period of time, especially best at your position on the team, yeah. you'll have your jersey. Like that that's reserved for like very, very special players. Yeah. I mean, 13 years is a long time with one team. It is. It is. It's a long time. I, I think when he retires, Eric Johnson's going to work for the team. Like I think he's going to come back one day. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 he's a hall of very good player, in my opinion, yeah. for the Avs. And it just kind of sucks because his peak was at when the abs were the worst, which kind of sucks. So I think that kind of hurts him a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess the hurt of it, had kind of already gone away because we knew this was going to happen. This was just kind of like, don't sign with a team. I hate and he signed with the Sabres and it got a lot of fucking money to do it. Yeah. Signed with one of my, like one of the few teams I could say that I for sure tolerate. Yeah. So good for him. Um, another departure, uh, JT Comfer, Got a lot more money than I thought he'd get, man. Good for JT fucking Comfer, man. Holy shit. Five years. $5.1 million a year. Good for you, JT. But I can see once again where the difference lied. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I cannot believe he got that much money, dude. That's crazy. Like, that is genuinely crazy. I, I was driving. I almost crashed when you said i sent you that and i was like he got that much money and i mean granted he had a career year last year but maybe it's just because we've seen jt comfort for what seven years that he's been in colorado that is a ridiculous amount of money to give to him and you i thought three because what was his last contract 3.5 yeah it was 3.5 but the red wings like i don't really know are they paying him this to be their second line center because they paid Cop more last year to be their second line center. He's and Cop to be there. sucked. Yeah, he had nine goals. Dude, I I good for JT Comfer and his agent once again because they took advantage of a team that was just handing out money today. And good for JT Comfer. Are we ready to have the conversation that maybe Steve Eiserman's not the, the super genius that we've made him out to be for the last little bit? He's had a rough couple of free agencies. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just everyone. He had a cool name for when he was rebuilding the team, the Iser plan. So, like, that's why he gets by with it. It's a cool name. I look at this team and I'm like, what are we building here, Steve? They're building a fight for the eight seed team. This is a very mediocre hockey team. He signed Justin Hall at 3.4 today. Ludicrous. For three years. Ludicrous crazy like he's gonna have a pair potentially of ben Sherratt and justin hull oh my god making seven million dollars combined between like the two imagine people. mckinnon and ranton on the ice they are gonna eat them alive when they play the red wings it's tough man and like jt comfort is a great player but he's a third line center he's not a second line center yeah. man you're paying him for a good 60 games he had this year Career yeah. 60 games based on seven years worth of this is a third line option. It's crazy, dude. It 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 is. I'm glad for I'm happy for JT Comfer because he's got money and he's gonna be set for the next five years. But that contract is not going to age well. No, no, it's not. I mean, I think he's gonna be good there. I don't think he's gonna go back to having like 25 point seasons like i still think he's gonna be in the 35 40 range for them that's for not 5.1 million, million dollars million dollars though that's a lot of money that's exactly that's my concern with bringing jt comfort back even at three and a half you're still talking like 
yeah, but it's Comfer. Like, how much is he really moving that needle for you? Yeah, it it, it is. It's a head scratchy move for sure. And it both of these cases where the Abs players left with Comfer and Eric Johnson, you go, yeah, that is way too much money for the player. Yeah, and we can move on to the next one where I said, yeah, that's a lot of money. Lars Eller goes to Pittsburgh for two years at two point four five. Again, another guy was like, yeah, I could see the Abs bringing him back for a million dollars. Goes and gets his money in Pittsburgh, who is spending a lot of money today for some reason. Yeah, uh, I'm not too happy about it because it's Pittsburgh. <laughs> that does suck for you yeah. personally. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is a stab to the heart for me. But also, they're paying Lars Eller $2.45 million, so yeah. it's like... Good and bad for me. It makes it, it makes the the Miles Wood signing look a little bit better. Oh, the Miles Wood when it first started to come out, you're like, well, is this the worst contract handed out today? And then you gave it an hour and you're like, okay, no, this is not nearly yeah. as bad as some of the other contracts getting handed out. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. So I mean for Lars Eller again, man, he was he was exactly what you said he was going to be in his time in Colorado. And I will honestly remember the one goal he scored against the Senators that was the most random goal of all time. And that's all I can say about Lars Eller. He's just the most Lars Eller goal of all time. There's one thing Lars Eller knows how to do. He knows where the puck is at all times and always going to fight for it. And think about that team at Pittsburgh now. Like if it was like five years ago, that team would be so fucking sick. Mikhail Granlin, Lars Eller. (laughs) Like like Granlin's like peak Ryan Graves in, in Colorado. And they got Matt Nieto as well. I mean, I guess we can just transition to that too. 900000 I mean, they didn't overpay for that one. That's the one guy where you're like, I, I, I could have done that. In yeah, but honestly, but... Matt Nieto was very disappointing in his time back here with Colorado. Yep. He, for the first 10 games, uh, he, for me, was the second coming of Christ. And after that, he kind of disappeared. I forgot he yeah. was here. He did nothing. So, But he, he left Colorado and San Jose. He finally goes to his third different team. Good for you know what? Yeah. Sometimes you gotta break out of your comfort zone. Yeah. He's going Good to the East you. Coast, baby. Good for you, Maddie. And yeah. the Penguins, they've signed a lot of centers today. They have yeah. a lot of centers on this team right now. I mean, they also, I mean, I guess they're signing Lars Eller to be a fourth line center, which could really work for them. That was what I always cautioned for with Lars Eller here, is that is a fourth line center. You cannot play him with the expectation that he's going to be anything more for you. Your point and- four five million for a sec- fourth line center, though? It's less than what David Camp got in Toronto. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting move, um, to say the least. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or fit or visit www.1800gambler.net all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut help is available for gambling 
call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game. Eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50. 10-leg reg for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash baseball terms. Now, back to the episode. But what other former abs left? Did we get all of them? I think we got all of them. I mean, Cogliano came back and... Hell, Evan Rodriguez is still unsigned. Yeah, that's an interesting one. The more time goes by, the more I think he could come back, but it also goes back to the conversation of now left wing is getting kind of crowded and so is center that Rodriguez can play. So I don't know. Maybe he's just not getting the contract he thought he would. I hope this isn't the kind of thing where it's like a weekend and, you know, most teams have their 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 guys figured out. And once again, Evan Rodriguez is left without a dance partner. But I wouldn't close the door on him coming back. But with the way things are going right now, unless he can suddenly switch his handedness, I don't think so. Yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting move for sure if he comes back. I, I still because he signed for what three point five last year? Two point five. Two point five. If he get doesn't get a dance partner again and you can get him for two point five again for another year, I don't think that's a bad signing. I mean, even at three point five, like it might be a little late for that for what this team's trying to do. But even then, like I, I still think that would be fine for him. Yeah. I mean, two point five or two point five to three, I think is a good spot. And if he doesn't get a dance partner, like that could be a good signing. And yeah. I mean, I'm, trying another... to, I'm trying to look at teams that have like a good amount of cap space left, like Boston. That could be an interesting one for them. Yeah, but theirs is going to get eaten up when they sign Bertuzzi and Swayman, I think. Bertuzzi's not coming back, though. He's not. He's already on the market. Swayman, they got to sign. But also, I mean, I I hate this, but I think Minnesota could be a good fit for him. Yeah, it could be. But I I think he liked it in Colorado. I I, I really think that there's a chance that he... I mean, most players generally like where they played. If he's not back by now... It seems like the ads are kind of going in another direction at this point already. It, it feels a little too late. It does feel a little too late, but you never know. It could change. You never I know. mean, we, I we would, said I that would... last summer where it was like, hey, they should sign Evan Rodriguez and it took all the way to what, August to sign him? Man, so what the ads are doing again with some guys that are going to wait. Yeah. I mean, that's what McFarland said. We're going to let it breathe a little. To me, that means we might not have a finished product for a couple of weeks. We're going to see who slips through the cracks and see yeah. who's desperate to get a contract and see if we can get some value like we did with Evan Rodriguez last year. Yep. And there, there's still some players out there. You said Tatar, Rodriguez, Zach Parisi would be interesting. I don't think I'd want Zach Parisi, but that could be an interesting, like if he's still unsigned by the start of the season, that could be potential player, but we'll have to see. Um, There's still, the abs are not finished. We, we can both agree on that. They still have a long way to go before they um, yeah. get this team all filled out. But, yeah, I mean, at, I'd say at very least you need three more players. You need a, a third-line right winger, a fourth-line center, and a sixth defenseman, preferably on the right. Yeah. So, but we'll see. Um, let's. It, it was a crazy free agency day. What was your favorite signing, and what was your least favorite signing by any team? Uh, when you sent me the Tristan Jari signing, my jaw dropped. I was like, they did what in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Five years, 
for Jari at 5.375. Yeah. I, that that one like legitimately stunned me. Like that's the worst one today. There's been a that couple is, of bad ones. That's up there for me as one of the worst ones. Yeah, that one hit me. It was like, geez, that's bad. That's really bad. Yeah, uh, I'd say probably my worst one. If I can't choose Jari, I I don't get the Luke Shen signing in Nashville. I don't. I don't get what Nashville is trying to. Do. Yeah, the like Matthew you Shane buyout happened, and then like three hours later, it's like, oh, Nashville is looking to add some centers. I'm like, yeah, I bet you are. You just got rid of all of them. Yeah, and you're paying Ryan Johansson to pay for a division to play for a division rival. And you let go of Matt Duchesne and he signs with the division rival. Like, and then you sign Ryan O'Reilly, who is a good player, but what, what is Nashville going to do next year? Like they I don't understand their play. I like culture change, I guess, but like Ryan O'Reilly is not the move you make when you're trying to tear it down. Right. But not now it seems with these moves, they aren't trying to tear it down. Right. Like that's where I'm confused. Like, okay, so you're trying to tear it down and get younger and now you look at their dead cap situation and next year they're going to have this year they have 11 million dollars in dead cap this year i think it's it's eight because next year duchene goes up to five and then six the year after jesus christ this is a brutal buyout and they did all of that and all they got back was dead cap right they got nothing in return and Ryan O'Reilly is a good player. Luke Shen, good defenseman. And but they also, they also signed Nyquist. Yeah. Like, it's just weird in Nashville. Like, it looked like they were going in the right direction by tearing it down. And now all of a sudden, they are right back to square one, where it's like this team's going to be maybe 41 and 41 at best. It's like people told Barry Trotz that, like, the buyouts still count against the cap, right? Oh, there's a chance no one did. Yeah, because like that seems to me like a massive handicap you're giving yourself on your first day. But is Ryan O'Reilly not the perfect Barry Trotz player? He is, for sure. But, but that's also the thing. It's like he's also 32, and you have him for four years. Four and a half is a good price for him, for sure, probably because they gave him the extra year. Yep. But it's, what are you trying to do here? Yeah. I don't know. I'm cool with them being a division rival and them just sticking to mediocrity. That's cool with me. Like, if you want to do that. I mean, so. if they make a couple of moves, I think this team could be okay, but I don't I don't know. I'm very confused right now yeah. with what the ultimate goal is in Nashville at the moment. Totally yeah. off topic. Did Max Domi sign anywhere yet? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, he's just, he's not going back to Dallas is all we know. Gotcha. But another signing that I... Did not like, I don't know if it's going to be a bad signing. I just think it's a drastic overpay. What the Ducks gave Alex Kalorn is a lot of money for a player who, I don't know, like he could be a good culture setter there, but he he's not worth 6.25 in my opinion. I think it's the same conversation as JT Confer. You're paying him because he had a career year just now. Yeah. And he's, a good, he's a good player. He's been in Tampa since 2012. He was drafted by them in 2007. He's been there for a long time. They tried hard to keep him. He had a great year this year. But 6.25 is a lot. I think he's fine. He's going to make the Ducks better for sure. 
but there's look at the playmakers he was playing with in Tampa Bay compared to what he's going to in Anaheim. That's where I was going with that. It's like, how much was it Kalorn, and how much is it this guy's playing a lot of minutes with Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos? Yeah, that's what's tough about these role players on good teams. When they go to the other teams, you don't know what they're going to be. So I didn't like that. Side. I didn't like the Radko Gudis signing by Anaheim either. They, they I, love these. They did it with Shattenkirk a couple yeah. of years ago. They love these signings. It just seems like they're really trying to speed this thing up now that they, I almost did it again. I almost said since they got Fantilli, they didn't get Fantilli. They didn't get Fantilli. They got Leo Carlson. They got, they got Leo Carlson. It just seems like they're really intent on speeding this thing up, which I mean, Maybe you want to give your younger players some competition and give them some sense of like, you don't get any time off. We're still going to keep trying to compete for this thing. I don't know. I don't love it. At least it's only four years and not like the usual, like six to eight kind of thing, but it's, he's 33. You're not getting much of a break with that. That That's where I, I didn't like that signing, but it, it, it was interesting. Um, I, I just think there was no other way for a Kaloran signing to go, honestly, unless he went back to Tampa. It's just like it's one it's one of the guys on the free agent market. He's old and been a core member of a team for so long, but wasn't like a big member of that team. And then another team looks at that and goes and just pays him a ton of money because that's what they think they're getting and they're not. Yeah, I don't think they will. Um, What was your favorite signing of free agency? My favorite signing of free agency. I mean, the one where I got jealous right off the bat was Daniel Sprong going to the Red Wings. That was a good one they had today. I really like Daniel Sprong, I think he can be very good. I don't know. There really wasn't a ton where I'm like, oh, that's just that's just such a good signing, such a very smart sign. I like Max Pacioretty going to to Washington. I wanted him here, especially for two million bucks. But when you've come off of two very serious injuries, that is a huge threat. Uh, one that was very creative was Connor Brown going to Edmonton. They got him at the minimum cap hit but also gave him a, a contract that's loaded with performance bonuses that could end up being $4 million. It makes sense for both sides, and it's very much an all-in move for Edmonton in that sense, because if he hits all four, that's going to go count against them next year. Right. Brown was someone I really wanted the abs to go after because I thought they could get good value for him. But if that's the contract Edmonton's giving him, that also benefits their cap situation. It's one of the few times where you look at Ken Holland, you're like, wow, you actually got creative. You actually tried to think outside of the box for once, and it might work out for you. And Brown playing with McDavid could work out really well for them. I think there's still a lot with Connor Brown, and it's a shame that he played um, so far, or he didn't get to play in Washington. He only played four games. Tore his ACL, right? He tore it completely. Like he had it reconstructed entirely. Yeah. It's a risk in Edmonton. That's why they're not paying him a ton. But I like that signing for them. I wish okay. the, I wish the apps could have done something like that. Maybe without the bonuses, but yeah, I like the Oilers. My favorite is is Matt Duchesne to Dallas, one year, three million. That's, like that that's, is that's very high on my list. That is a very good signing for Dallas. Like Duchesne's only a year removed from a basically career season. Three million dollars for him is a wicked deal. Like that is that is a bargain, and. It's one of those ones where easily I think the abs could have matched that, but it's very clear he probably didn't want to come back here. Yeah, I think that's probably a bridge too far. I mean, we joked about it, but there'd be I think there'd be some rough feelings along the way, not just from Duchesne, but maybe some guys on the team, the fans for sure. I don't know. He was hanging out with Landy. The kids were all hanging out together. Yeah, I I think it would have been fine if he came back. I was a 
big supporter of it because it just would have been really funny. Yeah, it would have been hilarious. That trade tree would have la- made me laugh so hard if that would have. And come it, all it would have upset so many people. Absolutely. And I, I above all, I am a supporter of the funniest things happening. Yeah, and that is by far one of the funniest things I would have ever seen if Matt Duchesne comes back to the abs and is on the same team as Sam Gerrard and Bo Byram. Yeah, that would have been great. But I like that signing a lot for Dallas. I think he's going to fit in really well. And that sucks that he went to Dallas. I I think I like what Dallas did today. I think yeah. good job. I mean, giving up Colin Miller for pretty much nothing, I thought was a great move for the Devils. But I mean, they were able to bring back Dodonov. They brought in Craig Smith. And I don't know. I, I like what they did today. I think Dallas just got a lot better. Yeah, they did. That that sucks to say, but they did. But it's also, is Jamie Ben going to be at a point per game again next year? Is oh. Tyler Sagan going to do all that? Like it, it adds more to that team, but I really like the Duchesne one. You mentioned some- Daniel Sprong. I like Daniel Sprong a lot. Um, and then I'm trying to think who else. There was another one I had on my list that I'm blanking on right now. Orlov Orlov went to Carolina for two years at 7.75. It's a lot of money, but the term makes sense, especially a guy like Orlov. I think he's going to fit disgustingly well in Carolina. Yeah, he's going to do really well in that system. Yeah. Um, I can't think of my third one. I'm drawing a blank on it. There was another one I didn't like, and this one kind of flew under the radar, I think. I don't like Ottawa giving Corpusalo that much term again. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that one's tough. It feels like they don't learn ever. You just did this with Matt Murray and you tried to get away with like shortcutting. We're going to go get, we're going to go sign another goalie. Like we did with Cam Talbot last year. And we're going to give him term again. And he like, he's going to be fine. I think like it's five more years though. And Corpus has just been okay. Wherever he's been. What are the Kings going to do in net? Well, they got Talbot, I think. Yeah, they got Talbot, but like, is that doesn't move the needle for them? Oh, they signed someone else. I'm totally forgetting who else they signed. They signed a big save, Dave, David Redditch. So they got, they have three goalies. They have Talbot, Copley, and Redditch. But it's the old saying if you have three goalies, you don't have one. Dude, that team is very good, but goaltending is going to be their demise once again. They they need to be calling Nashville off the hook about UC Soros. If or, they got Soros, that team would be gross. Yeah. But it's like it feels like one of the teams where I feel like Winnipeg could back them into the corner on Connor Hellebuck and force them to make that deal. You mean Pierre Luc Dubois? No, I mean I mean Connor Hellebuck. I oh, mean, really? Yeah. I mean, it seems like they're having a tough time making a deal for for Hellebuck right now because of his next contract that he wants nine million and above. If the Kings really want to compete, they need a goalie. And who else can they really get that moves the needle other than Connor Hellebuck? UC Soros, but that's... But like, is Soros even being traded? Right, that's the thing. Maybe yesterday I would have said that, but today, no. So, I don't know. The Kings are kind of head-scratching. Vegas didn't really do too much either today. Yeah, I mean, they they brought back Aiden Hill at two years, 4.9. I would say that's a lot, but it's two years. Like, There's ways out of that if it really goes badly for you. It, like, it's the cup tax. You're, you're yeah, they brought back Barbashev, which... Yeah. They, they traded Riley Smith a few days ago, which we forgot to mention, to Pittsburgh, yeah. which is a fine move for Pittsburgh. Barbashev at five is fine. Yeah, I, I If he went anywhere else, I'd be worried. But I think him staying in Vegas is important for him because I think that system really benefited him. And if he went somewhere else for that money, I think that'd be a terrible signing. Yeah, I agree. It's 
there's still a lot of big names on the board. I saw Kevin Weeks tweeting about Tarasenko potentially. I forgot about Tarasenko. Yeah, Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, who had that double hip resurfacing. Wasn't that the same thing that Backstrom had? Uh, I don't think it was exactly that. I think it was more of what Poyarvi had, but I mean, Poyarvi is another guy still available, but had another major hip surgery. I heard Patrick Kane might not even sign until closer to the season starts. Yeah. No, I, I would it shock you in the least if he goes back to Chicago? No. Yeah. Like goes home. I mean, he, yeah. he, his, his cup chasing failed miserably. Yeah. Really bad. That, that was funny. Um, Tarasenko could be an interesting option, but I think he's going to be well out of the price range for the Avs. Um, two guys that we talked about, I think AJ tweeted it out. That would be, they're still on the board and they would be great fits for the abs or Thomas Nosek and Garnet Hathaway. Love it. Love yeah. that. Garnet Hathaway, especially. I mean, I've said this for years now because I love Garnet Hathaway in Washington. Perfect Av. Like he would be beloved here, especially in a bottom six role. He's the kind of player that we talked about passengers against Seattle He's a threat to score every night. He's a pain in the ass to play against, but not just like he sucks pain in the ass, just generally a pain in the ass to play against. He's good defensively. He'll give you good production in the bottom six. And if you can get him around 2 million bucks, I imagine it's a multi-year deal though, 2 million bucks ish. I think that could really work. I like no sick as a fourth line center. Yeah. Like the, the abs aren't going to go get a big name, but if they could just get, really solid depth pieces like Thomas Nosek as a fourth line center would be a massive upgrade to what we had last year. Yeah. Massive upgrade without question. And Garnet Hathaway, we talked about him at the trade deadline last year that we wanted him. And I think he would be a great addition. The abs still have, what'd we say after the Cogliano trade, like 8 million left. Yeah. They still need to sign Ross Colton, which is probably still need to sign Colton, but... probably going to take up three to three and a half million bucks. But right now, as it stands, they have seven and a half million dollars left. That's pretty good to sign. What'd we say? They need three to four more players. Yeah. They need a fourth line center, a third line, right wing, a fourth line, right wing, and a sixth defenseman. Six defenseman is going to be interesting because a lot of those guys are gone. I really like Troy Stetcher in that role, but he went back to Arizona. Yep. Probably a little more than we could afford. Just trying to think of like guys that would even be left out there. I mean, there's obviously that you could go back to the Jack Johnson well again, but do you it would really, not shock me in the least if it's Jack Johnson. It wouldn't either, but it's like, do you, how far can we push this Jack Johnson bus at his age? Be like, yep, Jack Johnson, six defensemen. Let's do it full time. Push it till the wheels fall off, brother. It, they very, <laughs> they very well might. You keep yeah. pushing it like this, they very well might. I'd be interested to see uh, what Caleb Jones wants. I was a little surprised that she Chicago didn't give him a qualifying offer. He's left-handed, but according to cat friendly, he can play the right side. I think that if you can get him cheap, I think that would be interesting. I don't. Yeah. It would be interesting for sure, but yeah, it's going to be like 7.5. Maybe Colton signs for less than we think. Maybe. I don't, I mean, I think three to three and a half for a three, four year contract is more than fair and also good enough value. Yeah, no, I agree. But maybe he signs like two years, two million. I think I'd prefer the longer term for a guy like Colton. But I mean, at the end of the day, we'll see with him. Yeah. I mean, the defense is probably going to be the hardest one to fill. I mean, I would have loved a guy like Ethan Bear, but he's going to be hurt and he's going to be back probably midway through the season again. Like, I don't know, like, what's Matt Dumba want these days? Do we even bother with that? Oh, Jesus, no, I don't know. I mean, actually, as a 6D man, he may actually not be terrible. Yeah. But 
Like, we'll see. It's going to be like, interesting. They're we're talking Travis Hamanick, Ethan Bear, Matt Dumba, in terms of like just pure right-handed shot defenseman. Like the fourth guy on this list is Michael Stone. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. I mean, maybe make a trade. Maybe it's not even something you address in UFA. Who knows? Who knows? But there's still some holes. I, I imagine we're going to have like more news come out probably before the night's over. I don't think the abs are going to do anything, but I think some of the players we just mentioned will probably sign and that'll make it a little bit more interesting to say the least. But overall, I'm feeling pretty solid about the addition so far. Would love to get, I would love to just fast forward to next week and then the team be like, all right, this is where we're going to go into yeah. the fall. I mean, but, I'm not, I'm not like super pumped about the signings. I feel like these are very like, yeah, that makes sense kind of works saying that they're not getting me super pumped about anything, but they still have the room to do something like that. If they want, I mean, now that you made those two first round picks, I don't, I do not care about next year's first, like throw that thing into the sun for all I care for a good player. I mean, Duclair just got traded to the sharks for a fifth and Steven Lorenz, like it's another one. I'm like, "Mm, I would have liked to have done that. Mm." You're muted. Oh, of course I'm muted. I I went to uh, sneeze, but I didn't have to sneeze. I would have liked Duclair, but do you think there's like anything behind that where the the like other GMs are like we're not giving you a player the abs that you rip us off too much? <laughs> it could definitely be. It was like stop calling us. We're not trading with you. Yeah, like that could be a thing. I doubt it, but that could be a thing. So I I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of pieces out there. I, I think more dominoes will fall once we get Colton signed. That's yeah. really the hiccup is, is once Colton gets signed, that'll open up a lot more possibilities for where this team could go. I'm very relieved we have Byram signed already. Yeah. That could have been a massive handcuff. Yes. For our head, especially with the possibility of offer sheets. Yeah. So that's one last thing. Once we get the Colton one figured out, I think that'll make everything else fall into place a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I, I still have complete faith that they're going to figure the rest of it out they have some assets to move now in trades if they need to, and there's still teams looking to trade things. So yep, that's not out of the realm of possibility. They do something like that as well. They could be waiting for like, uh, like what if a team signs Tarasenko to like 5 million, they got to dump a defenseman. Maybe that's when you call and trade up and be like, Hey, we'll give you a fucking AHLer for this guy. Like th- th- that, that could be what they're waiting for too. Yeah. I mean, and we'll see with all of it too. There's still good players left. This is not a finished product for the abs yet. I don't make like maybe they think Oscar Lawson's ready or something. I mean, well, there's also gonna be questions that still need to be answered in training camp. There's a lot of guys that are gonna be competing for roles. And maybe you give a couple of them some stuff. I mean, I don't know. There's still stuff that still needs to be figured out with this team. But I like the move that they've made so far. Don't love the term with Miles Wood, but you you'll get over it. I like Druan. I'm not sold on two left wing, but I will we'll see how that goes. I'm not convinced that that's the full stop plan. I still think they they surely they've got something else working. Yeah, they gotta have something else going. But maybe Landeskog's way ahead of rehab and we just don't even know. I don't even I don't even want to get anyone's <laughs> hopes. I don't want to even put that idea in anyone's head that Landeskog's no. gonna be ready it at all this season. No. But I will say they went into this offseason. They wanted to get tougher. They wanted to get grittier. I think they've done that. Yeah. 
I think without question, they've done that. Colton's going to be a pain in the ass. I mean, Miles Wood and Ross Colton on the same line potentially is going to be a nightmare. Oh, it's going to be miserable for teams to play as a rainstorm blows into my fucking Colorado right now and all my blinds are bashing. But can't even hear they, it. They do get tougher. They get they get grittier, and that's kind of what killed them in the Seattle series is Seattle's grit just kind of beat them up. So yeah, I'd argue more just the the depth of Seattle just made sure that it was what the abs could do in their playoff run when they won the cup is like, you could never take a shift off against them. Yeah. And for Seattle, they just had them outclassed 75% of the time when lines two through four were out there. And these guys that they're signing, they're going to be threats to score. Miles yes. Wood's going to go on the ice and be a threat. Ross Colton's going to go on the ice and be a threat. We'll see on Jonathan Drouin, but I think he's going to have that in him to at least be threatening on the ice. And yeah. if they go out and sign Garnet Hathaway, third line would Colton Hathaway, like you're, you're done. Like you're yeah. going to be miserable on the ice. Yeah. That, that'll not be fun to play against, but um, I'm interested to see how these next couple days go. I thought today would be a little bit crazier. It was just kind of meh, but I'm excited to see how these next couple yeah. days go for it's, sure. We, we really hyped up the trade market and free agency has been a lot more interesting. Yeah, which is weird because free agency seems so shitty at the start, but and it, it is. But that's yeah. the thing, that's how bad the trade market's been. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I completely agree with you. I think something else is cooking that we just don't know about. And I don't know, I don't know if it's very. I don't know if it's very big though. I don't know if we're gonna bring in like that big name or like ah yes the big. No, but that's the thing. The ABS are never gonna bring in the big name, but it's gonna be a trade like a Ross Colton esque trade where you're like or a signing where you're like oh I didn't even know they had a chance to get that guy and then he just seamlessly fits in. Yeah, I agree. I think they're probably gonna see something along those lines, but we'll see where all of it goes. In time, I like some of the moves. There's definitely some risks with some of them. There was also much worse signings made today for us. Yeah, teams. and like. I- in the central division, did any team get drastically better today? Like I think Dallas got better, but they were good last year. Minnesota didn't really do anything. I don't think Minnesota's done anything today. Yeah. I mean, Arizona signed a bunch of guys, but that's not gonna like do anything for them. Like, did Winnipeg do anything? They signed Lorraine Brissois. Yeah. That's the only thing I saw. Man, good for them. I for I honestly I forgot he was gone. I forgot he was the Vegas' starting goalie against them in the playoffs. Yeah. And then like brought, Chicago got better through the draft, but they're not going to be a threat. Nashville, I think we all agree, Nashville didn't really do anything to move the needle. Nashville like, is like they stayed the same and got worse at the same time, and took on a lot of dead cap. Yeah, and Minnesota, like I actually forgot about them entirely because they have not done anything. Yeah, so it's like I, I think in the Central Division, the Abs, you can make the case Dallas probably got a little bit better. But outside of those two teams, is there really anyone that's going to unseat the Abs next year? If they're healthy, no. Absolutely yeah. not. So I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I mean, we could be the Islanders right now, where Lou Lamorello yeah. is just beating that team to death. Yeah. Because what, what other team in the West do you think got, like, that was a playoff contender that got better today? I. Vegas is essentially running it back. Yeah, I mean, I think the Oilers got a little better. I think Connor Brown could be a big add for them, but like that—that's all they did, pretty much. Yep. Like, I—I I don't really see anyone in the West that's gotten significantly better today. Like, that's where I'm just so confused with this offseason because it's just like, is everyone just so content to run these teams back again, outside of like very minor changes? Like, because who's made the biggest move so far? L.A. with Dubois. 
Yeah, but that made their team, you could say, arguably worse. Because yeah, now like they, they, lost, they, they don't lost, have a goalie. They lost important depth. Yeah. The, the Sharks getting Duclair is interesting. I guess they're just planning to flip that at the deadline. Oh, yeah, they're going to flip that. I mean, if you can get Duclair at $1.5 after the trade deadline, if they retain half, that's a good trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, I mean, the Devils got to Foley. That definitely makes them better. But, like, there hasn't been, like, that huge earth-shattering move. I think the Devils are the winner of the offseason so far. I, like, they've gotten significantly better. I so, completely agree. But, I mean, there's really no one, like, no one's made, like you said, that earth-shattering move where it's like, holy shit, this team's going to be a problem. Dude, I'm I'm looking at the Devils roster right now. This is scary. This is a scary hockey team. If they get goaltending, they're going to be a problem. Schmid is still cheap. Vanacek delivered for them in the regular season last year. They traded for Colin Miller today, which is very smart. They got him for a fifth. Like Luke Hughes is going to play a full season. Dougie Hamilton was had 74 points. John Marino is one of the most underrated players in the league. They're putting to Foley in that top six. They got Meyer at 8.8, which is less than he should have gotten. Like they're pushing Palat down to the third line to play with Halla and Holtz. Yeah, that's a good team. They're going to the be Devils good. are going to be very good. Yeah, very good. But the West, I, I think, is still wide open. Like I know Vegas won, but they're running it back. The Avs essentially, I think, they are better than Vegas when healthy. So, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel about the same as I did at the end of the season with this team. Yeah. I would I would tend to agree with that. I mean, like even you look at the Capitals as well. They haven't made any of like the big moves that they were rumored to make. Kuznetsov's still there. Mantha's still there. They brought in Pacioretty, which is very fun for them. They traded for another old guy. They traded for Joel Edmondson. Where if the Habs didn't retain half, I wouldn't like this all that much. But one point seven five. It's a, it's a third pair. Just go hit people and go get out of the way. Yeah. It's going to be weird because, like you said, a lot of these good teams are basically just running it back with the same team. Yeah, like I, there's got to be something coming, right? Not just for the Avs, but it's like there's got to be like that big move, right? Someone's got to make their play here. It seems like everyone's just kind of folding. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I this is usually a crazy. I remember last year when we did this, it was like craziness we had to record, and this year it was like, yeah, we're going to record tonight, but it's not like it's like we could have waited till tomorrow. Like th- there was legitimately a point we could have comfortably ended the show 20 minutes ago and have talked about everything. Yeah. And it would have been yeah. like 40 minutes, which is crazy for the free agency episode. But yeah, there's just, there's not really that much. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping the abs make some more moves in the next couple of days, but I don't think I have anything else, man. Yeah. I mean, I want to finish on with the Islanders. Uh, Pierre Engvall three times seven seven years for Engvall, seven years for Scott Mayfield. I can see why maybe they don't want to leave New York because they know Lou is just going to give them money to the end of time. My theory is Lou is like, he knows he's done. He's retiring probably at the end of this year or next year. Like he's he's almost 90, isn't he? He's old. He could be. He's 80. Excuse me. I'm sorry. He just turned 80 this year. My apologies, Lou. Please don't send anyone to my house because I know you will. But... Like, he's got to be retiring soon, so he just doesn't give a fuck, right? And he's just like, well, like seven years? Why Why would I care about what's yeah. seven years from now with this team? Who cares? I do like the Mayfield signing. I don't. That's a guy who's 30. Three and a half, I think, is a good number for him. Seven years, you're nuts. Eh. 
don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I completely agree. The Islanders are being run like a uh, franchise mode in NHL. Yeah. Where it's like, you, you know, you're only playing that thing for five years. Like yeah. you don't, you don't care about your eight because you're going to delete it and start over. Yeah. That's essentially what they're doing. So, but like, you'd also think they'd be doing that and like improving the team ever. The more egregious one to me was the Varlamov signing. That one makes no sense. There's just another one. It's like, why four? Why four years for Varlamov? Like, what's what's the reason for that for a 35-year-old? What goalie? was his AAV again? 2.75. It's not terrible. It's not but for terrible. a backup goalie, that's pretty high. But that's you can't buy that out. You can't no. do anything. You have to trade it if he's not good enough. You have to. And who's going to take that if he falls off a cliff? He's 35. I know he's been healthy in New York, but those injuries in Colorado still happened. Brandon, he was playing like 65 games in Colorado. So that is true, but that wear and tear is still there. That's oh, yeah. And Sorokin, he's got he got the money he deserves, I would argue, at 8.25. But now it's like now it's not a value contract anymore. Now you're just doing what you're paid to do. Yeah. I, I still think it's a good sign. I mean, you're not gonna let Sorokin walk out the door. No. He, he he's a top three goalie in the world right now. Yeah. So, but it's like now you're losing your value on your goalie, and now you're oh yeah, paying eleven million dollars for two goalies is ridiculous. Yeah. You're paying what you deserve to be paying for goaltending, but you, I, Lou does not improve this team. He has no. not. He made the Horvat trade, and he didn't move the needle at all because he's okay, and he signed him at his absolute maximum value. Like since they've gone to the Eastern Conference final, it's like this is the exact same team. Look at like how much the Avs changed since they won the cup. Yeah. And the, the Islanders entire team like, nope, basically. Nope. The same team. Do it again and again and again and again. And gets you can't change it because they're all signed until the end of time. I'm so scared of what he's gonna give Clutterbuck and Matt Martin next year. Oh Jesus. Remember when he almost traded Clutterbuck like I think it was last year, two years ago? There might have been rumors about that. I don't think Lou would ever touch his sweet darling Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah, I, I don't think he would either. But um, yeah, the Islanders are a mess. It's like I would have loved to look at Pierre Engvall and Scott Mayfield on this team. Seven years, get out of my face. Absolutely out of my face forever. The Engvall one makes no sense. Like yeah. he... I don't know why they did that. Seven years. Like the Mayfield one. I like Scott Mayfield. I would have really liked if the abs could target him for value. It's seven years for a 30-year-old defenseman who plays maybe second pair minutes most of the night, and he's fine. I remember in my mock, like my armchair GM, I had him signing him for like 1.5. That's Yeah, that was never good. I know. I, I, had him, like, I had him at three times three, and I thought that was fine. Three and a half times seven, like, yeah, I'd come back too. Yeah, I would too. He probably got no trade cost too. Probably. Yeah. So that's what, how many, like $24.5 million at age 30 for a guy who's just been good most of his career? Hell yeah. I got to take that all day. Yeah. Take that all day. Like, Pierre Pierre Engvall, like, what, like, what did he, what has he done in his career where you look at that guy and you're like, yeah, seven? He played on the Leafs. That was the only reason why. He had 35 points one year and scored 15 goals. And he came to the Islanders this year, had nine points in 18 games. Five of them were goals. Give that man a seven-year contract. What are we doing here? I wonder if he looks at like Tampa Bay and goes, yeah, Tampa Bay is really smart by giving out these seven-year contracts. I'm going to do the same thing. I I literally just do not think he cares at all. He's like, I'm 80. I like my team. 
But like, I've already won cups. What do you want from me? They aren't gonna fire me. Like, like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Fire me? I'm yeah. 80. I'm gonna retire the second you even suggest you're firing me. <laughs> oh, Lou, you're our favorite. It's so funny. And also, you can't have a beard here. You're here for seven years. Yeah, no beards. No, beards. I'd be fucked. No, I would. I'd actually wouldn't go to the Islanders specifically because I need my beard. It's yeah, fun. I love how still some teams do that shit where it's like it's the Yankees do the baseball. It's literally only the Islanders and the Yankees. Yeah. Like, who gives a fuck, dude? It's like, just grow up. Don't grow up. because well, like, I mean, but... with the Yankees, is it not like the fans enforcing it now, basically? I don't know. No, no. The team still enforces it, for sure. I know they do, but it's like the fans, like, they won't let it go or something. You know what would have been funny is if Radko Gouda signed with the Islanders. See that guy without a beard? That would have been funny. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. Like, this Joe Thornton to the Islanders. Yeah. That would have been good, but... Yeah, it was a very uh, average day of free agency, but there were some head scratchy moves and some moves where you go, "Damn, I wish he would have signed with the oh, Avs." Worst move of the day, Ryan Reeves. Totally forgot. Yeah, that happened so early in the day, I forgot about it too. Yeah, three years. Three years. They got tougher. Great. You know you have to play him, right? Yep. Like the, nope, everyone's I'm like his, his locker room presence. He's gonna be. So good for the team in the locker room. Like, you know he has to play, right? You're yeah. signing him and paying him to play hockey, right? Yeah. You know you still have to do that. And he's not good at that, and he can't do it. He can't move. Was it 1.75 is what they got him for? It's 1.35 for three years. It's a 35-plus contract, meaning it cannot be bought out. So if if Ryan Reeves makes it to the end of that contract, no strings attached, plays all three years, they should build him a statue. Like the, probably there's no shot, no way that it's like, you know what? The Wayne Simmons thing was terrible. We should try that again, but with someone worse. Wayne Simmons, he's a free agent right now, isn't he? He can't, I don't, he might be retiring for all I know. Like he played, <laughs> most, he played most of his season with the Marlies. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough signing. It's, it's a tough signing. It's terrible. Like, what are you doing? You knew when Minnesota didn't resign him that. Probably not the best. Yeah, for such a locker room presence, it sure seems like no one wants him. Dude, he's made some career earnings for sure, though. Yeah. Because what did Pittsburgh sign him to after he left Vegas? I think. think, No, no, no. No, He got traded from Pittsburgh to Vegas, right? Yeah, and then he got signed by Vegas for 1.75. 2.75, and then they brought him back again. Yeah, that's pretty good value of a guy who's just known for punching people in the face. Pretty good value for a guy who's not very good at his job. Oh, we forgot Milan Lucic got signed by the Bruins. That happened. Was that a that got reported like a week ago? I, I know, but like that's pretty funny. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess Ryan Reeves versus Lucic is going to be very fun in Boston, Toronto. Yeah, cool. add some spice to that rivalry. Yeah, the Leafs did bad today. I put yeah, them on that list they did as well. Really bad. John Klingberg too. I mean, if you're sure, yeah, they did bad. They did really bad. They did really, really bad today. That team is not better. No, and they didn't resign Matthews yet either. So no, we'll see. But I don't think I have anything else, man. Nope. I think we're all good for this edition of the Teledabs of this podcast. Garnet Hathaway goes to the Flyers at two point three seven five, right at the horn. I mean, with the Flyers, that could be a trade deadline thing for half retained. So maybe that'll work out even better. I'm, Just I'm, one year, two years. But okay, I'm never I'm never giving up on this dream. You cannot kill my Garnet Hathaway the Avalanche dream, no matter how hard you try. But now 
that is going to do it for this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. Assuming nothing crazy happens in the next couple of days, which it might, we'll keep our eyes open, of course. We'll be back on Wednesday, recording on Wednesday, releasing on Thursday, where we're going to be going back to our normal schedule for the time being. Until things start to slow down, then we'll start talking about off-season mode and what we'll do for that. But that's going to do it for us today. Use promo code TELEDAPS, it is, on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order, $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go Abs. <laughs>